of the People People podcast. Woohoo! I'm Emily, joined by Britt and Graham. Hello! This afternoon, morning, evening, depending on when you're listening. Um, As we were jumping on here, Britt said, Emily, do I have a story for you? (laughs) So, Britt, the floor is yours. It's not so much a story as news. I have a news item to bring, and that is... um, Listeners of this podcast would know that we spend an unusually large amount of time talking about golf on this podcast. Who would have thought when we created this podcast that golf would be one of our main areas of chat? But lo and behold, it has become a running theme. And so I have news. I went and Mm. played golf. Graham, I've been busting to tell you. Ah, that is brilliant. How'd you go? Yes. Um... It was, I thought about my golf outfit. That was probably one of the fun parts um, that I was going to wear. And then we went. Um, yes. I got very attached to my, I have this, this thing where I like to name inanimate objects. Right. Um, I, I named my golf ball. Um, her name was Ruth, Ruth Bader Golf Ball. Um, yes. And <laughs> the problem was that then I got really attached to Ruth. And I felt stressed throughout the whole course that I was going to accidentally hit Ruth into the water. Because there's water on the course and you have to hit it up and over. And I just was freaking out. I was like, what if I just, you know, Ruth just barrels into the water. Um, So there was some sacrifice. You weren't at any any point in time worried about bashing Ruth up every uh, three minutes? Oh, gosh, no, there's something so therapeutic. Now I can see, okay, I sort of see the appeal of Ginsburg. She has like an absolute hero. And you're just smashing her across the golf course. No, I just, it, right. was a, it was a term of, you know, it was just... Yeah, that's, um, what, that's what her job is, right? Mm. My summary of golf is that, or my experience was, if there's a Venn diagram and it's like, on one side it's like making meaningful contact, like actual yes. proper contact with the ball, and on the mm. other side mm-hmm. is hitting it in the right direction... <laughs> For me, the crossover of those two circles was very, very, very small. You have captured Did something. Did they cross there. over? Barely. Either I barely hit it and it would go like a metre, or I would hit it and it would go sailing off in the complete different direction to what I was aiming. Yeah, well, that's a good way this to capture golf. That's a good way to summarise it. Yep. As I was playing, I thought I must tell Chiswell's junior and senior oh, um, that this is an activity that I have now tried. <laughs> Good work. That's well done, great. Brett. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure we will share a photo or a video of that I with have everyone. Some. I do. <laughs> here soon. So we'll, we've got proof. You can all see Ruth <laughs> and you can all look at my woeful technique. The test, of course, But you did take Ruth out for a drink, didn't you? I did, after we went out for a drink and she (laughs) sat on the little chair next Mm. to me and she had a beverage and um, and now she's sitting... Oh, I should have brought her. Um, Now she's sitting upstairs, like, (laughs) a little prime position on the TV cabinet. Can Um, we draw, like, a little collar? I was going to draw, like, little glasses and then, like, the little black collar. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just think if you're gonna do it, let's like let's just do it all the way. Yeah. Hang some string on her, put her on the Christmas tree. Maybe. Yep. Like <laughs> we're ready to go. The the test of course is Britt. Will, will you will you play again? Will you have another uh, try? I think so. Yes, yes. Because we've said we will play as a group. Oh yes. that's right. There's... So But I need someone to tell me which um club to use. Yes. Because there's mm. a lot and I had <laughs> 
didn't know which one was the one you meant to use. There's a lot of choices. You've got like a one in 14 chance of getting it right. So I need someone to come with me who knows what they're doing to be like, this is the one you used to get out of the sand because I needed that one a lot. Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, so, I'm looking, yes. looking forward to that, uh, that game <laughs> at some point. That should be good. I feel that's like that's going to be a really long game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like between two people who don't play golf and two people who really love golf, Ah, well. Yes. Hopefully not break your spirit, Graham. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, it'll be fine. It's the sort of game you can do that. <laughs> Don't rely on the other uh. people's skill. It's good. Mm. Okay. Be a nice Maybe sport. we can record a podcast as we do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just mic up. We... Give everyone a play-by-play. Yep. Brit and Emily are in the sand again. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we might just be stretching the golf theme a bit far at that point, but, you know, yeah. Never yeah. know. <laughs> I love it's Apparently become a golf like slash it. community hybrid podcast. <laughs> That's right. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, thanks for the update, Britt. No worries. <laughs> it's, we feel like we were there, which is good. Um, it has given us no segue. Sorry. To talk about what we were talking about, so we're just gonna handbrake turn a little bit and. <laughs> move forward uh last week we talked about the kneven framework mm. which isn't spelt how it sounds but that is how you say it the kneven framework um, and it talks through this idea that environments are simple complicated complex or chaotic um and where we landed was more often than not christian ministry and christian community falls into complex Mm. Um, and the basis of us landing there was because ministry Christian ministry is all about people (laughs) like it's about the gospel is central obviously and that is very straightforward (laughs) however our ministry is for our people our church is made up of people our community is made up of people and people are just complex (laughs) that's just a part of the reality of that. Um, Graham gave us a pearl of wisdom from his many, many years in ministry. And it is that people are messy (laughs) or ministry is messy. One of those two. I think they both were there. Ministry is messy because people are messy. Mm. Yes. Um, Both us and uh, us and others. (laughs) So ministers are messy. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the people who are leading are still people in need of sanctification. Mm, Um, And we are very aware of that. (laughs) Um, And so there's something that gave me a bit of like a, I don't know if it was like a sigh of relief when you said that, Graham, because it, it almost felt like it let me off the hook of what you're doing here and now is so different to how it's always been done. But actually, this is just at the root of ministry, is that it's messy. Um, And that doesn't mean that we don't strive for things to be straightforward. We don't do training uh, or anything like that. But I think whether you're in paid ministry or you're leading a small group or anywhere in between, there's a free pass there. 
um, where we get to press into the one who isn't looking at our ministry thinking it's complex. He's very aware of all of the things at play. Um, something that we mentioned was the gift of hindsight. Mm. Often things can go wrong and we get hindsight and we're like, ugh, in hindsight, blah, blah, blah. And we can kind of be frustrated by the fact that we can see what we could have changed. But actually, I see that as a great gift. Um, if we're willing to look at it and to then reshape moving forward, then that's actually a really, really great way to be able to serve our communities. Um, I was joking with these guys before. I kind of feel like my whole job has been <laughs> trial and error and hindsight just over the years of being in people ministry and connections and things like that. You just learn and then you adapt and you learn and adapt and then I fail and adapt and different things like that. Britt, I know for you this year, your role changed a little bit at the beginning um, and then everyone's role changed with COVID. <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you have learned from this year? Mm. Like when you look at ministry that you have been doing, that you've had to adapt as you've gone because mm. you've learned through hindsight. I think two things, um, or just one generally thinking about the Kinevan framework as I was listening to the episode, thinking about how we then apply this. Um, mm. I think this is something that when I came to sit on a hill, I noticed that they do quite well um, is um, doing reflection and feedback. Uh, like we said, okay, you learn from hindsight, but that means you've actually got to sit down and stop mm. and think and reflect and go, okay, what? And I think I'm a perfectionist. And so often I don't like doing that process because I don't like thinking about where, even though there are many mm. ways I'm not perfect, to sit and reflect on them is a little bit painful for me or to hear people pointing out where things are not perfect can sometimes feel... Um, like I'm learning that, that you've got to learn to take criticism and, and what the Kinevan framework teaches us is that that's, you weren't ever going to get it completely right and that's okay. Um, and therefore mm. we don't need to fear feedback. We don't need to fear criticism, but look at it as something really beneficial and useful. Um, and so I think just one thing I've learned this year is we've had to be a lot of times where we stop because we are, spoiler alert, making it up as we go along, as I'm sure <laughs> everybody is to some point and all churches are, um, mm. really making that time to stop and go after you've done something or you've tried something, okay, how'd it go? Was that fruitful? Was that beneficial? Was it good? What do we need to change? Um, and yeah, not being afraid of that review process, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes, it's just really mm. necessary. So I think that's one big lesson. Um, mm. I don't know if you'd both agree. Yeah. Can you guys think of any like really specific examples of things you've had to pivot perhaps this year, like things that you've done and then you've changed it the next time you've done it out of that hindsight? Oh, so many awkward Zoom interactions and then learning. Um, <laughs> like, you know how we just had to learn a new dynamic on Zoom? So for example, in a... Yeah. Um, in a normal conversation, I would never call on someone by name um, and make them speak <laughs> in a way that I would fear would make them uncomfortable. 
Um, yep. So, and usually it's, but in Zoom, I've realized people are waiting for their turn and there's a really big, strong sense of turn taking. And so often you do need to say, mm. um, Graham, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Emily, what do you think about this? Um, so just even little things like that of just thinking about the dynamics and learning to adapt or to pivot. Cause I was like, why is no one talking? No one, um, and then realizing, oh, we've got a really new dynamic working here. And so those normal rules mm-hmm. don't apply um, of how I would manage a group discussion. That's a small one I can think of. Mm. Which has huge implications. Mm. Um, I, I, I think uh, for me in things like groups or ministry interactions, one of, uh, just because of who I am and how I operate, one of the things is a, is a good connection between people. And, um, uh, and I, I think one of the ways hindsight has been helpful for me is, is sort of realising that what's going on in a group or even a conversation is it's actually a system of action-reaction. It's um, the, the, the mm. co- complex individuals that are actually um, responding to each other in different ways. Um, and including me, I think probably my, uh, my insight into hindsight is uh, those times in uh, groups might be Zoom, where at times I felt very sort of uncomfortable or worried it's not going very well, people aren't contributing, or times of conflict in groups. And mm. part of the hindsight thing is reflecting what was going on for me there. Mm. Um, how was I, it's not, it, it, it's a little bit deeper than just how did you contribute? That's certainly a good question uh, to ask. But this awareness of um, yourself and what's important to you and, and your own mm. complexities in relation to others and in different contexts. Um, I, that's been incredibly, um, I mean, over the years, I think very helpful. Um, mm. Not in, in terms of you know, blaming everything on me, because it's all about me, but just um, to realize, uh, just to be better at noticing myself and things. Uh, mm. wh- wh- why was I anxious then? Why did I feel in myself um, a frustration or, or maybe even angry at what went on and uh, it might have mm. come out in my tone. Say, so what was going on for me there? You know, what, what was that reaction about in the, the complex sort of uh, bunch of things going on? So I think, uh, and probably it's a theme over the years of just um, uh, being more aware of myself in part of that. Um, I think the other thing too is um, linked to that is uh, linked to the sort of um, acknowledgement of complexity in individuals is is very much to not take responsibility for others' reactions. Because mm. mm. um, if you feel like your job is to fix them or to correct them or to get them back on track. Um, don't get me wrong, there are times in discussions and things where, as a leader, that is part of your job. But the, at a deeper level, your, if you have a sense, it's your job to change them. Instead of thinking, no, they are um, Jesus' person and he's doing a job in them. It's to do with them connecting with Jesus and him doing mm. his work by his spirit in them. Uh, that's a really helpful way to uh, separate out and not, not to participate in the system um, unhelpfully because you feel anxious for them or you, you, you want to take over or control, uh, often control and anxiety sort of go together. 
um, this strong mm. sense of, you know, this is Jesus' person. I'm joining in with what he is doing there. Uh, and I shouldn't take responsibility for all of that. I, mm. um, uh, so there, there are a couple of things in hindsight uh, over lots of trial mm. and error that um, I've slowly developed in over the years that I think have been quite helpful. It's made me a much healthier servant of people uh, in the complexities of relationships and individuals. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, just I'm, I'm thinking through with our, like with our gospel community leaders, with small group leaders, they're, they're responsible for facilitating say 12, 12 really different people and like 12 really different sets of expectations. And I think there's like, we spoke a couple weeks ago about um, like group dynamics and when you start a new group and setting expectations and things like that. And so I think there's often sure that like commonality of like, this is what we agree as a group together of how this group will run. But then there's that relational bit that it's 12 different personalities that come into the room who, you know, maybe they've said, yes, of course, I will be on time if I come and I will do my week of the roster and like all of those things that we all sign up for. But thinking through the group's personal expectations um, of what they want in a small group. Uh, I was speaking with a GC leader um, at our church sometime this past week and they were talking about just how tired they are mm-hmm. <laughs> and just it's been a hard year. I, I've said it a few times, like our GC leaders are the heroes <laughs> of 2020. Like they've just really carried mm-hmm. a lot and mm-hmm. really, cha- like I really want to champion them the best we can because they're, they're incredible. Um, and like they were mentioning just how tired they were just generally, but then also really tired because there were some undercurrents of transaction. Like I will do this if you, if the group will do this for me. Um, and like they were trying to figure out how do we lead well? How do we lead consistently? while also having people be like, well, I'm only going to come if you meet these things. And that's a really complex thing to do because if you have 12 people coming all with some kind of condition, chances are very slim they all match. And so there is this, there is a point where I'll just say I think, I won't say broadly, it's a rule by any any stretch, but I think that our the leaders get to make the call on behalf of the group. No, actually, we are going to keep doing this because it's actually a really healthy rhythm for our group. We're really sorry that it's hard for you and we want to do the best that we can to help serve you. But I think when there's, there's a difference between like, I like something or I don't like something versus like actually struggling with it Um, you know, we've had people who have struggled with alcohol in the past in groups. And so that's actually a pretty easy hard line to put with the group. Hey, we're just not going to be drinking. Like 
we're not going to have a bottle of wine or we're not going to go to a pub. Like, that's a really easy line to draw. Um, but I think if there's like, I don't like that this is the way that we pray. Like, it's a little bit tricky and it, I struggled because in the back of my mind, I have this little boy saying, but Emily, like, Jesus left the 99 for the one. <laughs> but I like, and I wonder like, how much does that apply to our small groups when it, they're in such a complex situation? And how much is that trying to apply something that actually doesn't apply here? I don't like, I genuinely just don't know, but it's a very annoying voice back here that I can feel. So are you trying to work out, Em, you're wrestling with this idea of people are really complicated, um, like this, and the environment of a GC is complicated. And so how do you determine, mm. and particularly now, I guess we're seeing a complicatedness in, um, as things start to change more and more in Victoria, um, mm. just there's more options now on the board of how you might run your group. And is that what you're trying to say? And it's trying to work out how do we meet people's wants, needs, expectations, mm -hmm. because that's and really just complicated. Letting, like, a, yeah. And like letting a leader just lead mm. and, and giving them like backing them and saying, I trust you to make the best decision for your group because I don't know the people in your group. You do. Mm. And like, that's something that's been really interesting uh, with Chiz being on, on leave. Um, I got a message from him like a week ago and he's like, Emily, just so you know, whatever you decide, I'll back you. <laughs> he's like, so just, if you need to decide something, just do it. And that was like incredibly freeing. Cause I was like, okay, cool. Even if I screw this up, I know Chiz will yeah. <laughs> support me in some way. <laughs> um, but like, I, I almost want to give that same backing to mm. our leaders to be able to be like, you get to care for your group as a whole. And if there's one or two members that are struggling with it, go after them really well and really intentionally, but also love like everyone in the group. I don't know, guys, it's just a lot. Kenevan would kind of say, <laughs> the framework would kind of say, do something, right? Like as in, that's right. Do something, then reflect. Mm -hmm. And then is that if I'm understanding the framework correctly? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we'd say, try something. Mm. Be aware it's not going to be, um, you can't control all the outcomes mm. and then move forward from there. And I, and I think that's, what's really hard within part of the culture of city on a hill is we like to do things well. Like we, we, we pursue excellence and we, we really like to do things well. And so there's on one hand, there's this like entrepreneurial creative side of our culture. But then on the other side of the exact same coin is, but let's do it really well. And I've said it before, so this isn't, I've said it to anyone who would listen. Sometimes we overcomplicate things as well, <laughs> I think, at Sudani Hill. And so how do we not do, how do we set our GC leaders up for a win to just know if it doesn't work, that's really okay. Like, do people hear that when we say that or is that not, is it just lip service? Yes. A sort of a, a permission to have a try, a permission to fail mm. culture is um, mm. quite important. I think um, <clears throat> uh, 
I think the the you know, genuine trust in the sovereignty of God is important in that kind of culture. That mm. is, mm. Um, yeah, what, whatever somebody tries, uh, it's not going to come as a surprise to God, and He's still doing His work in people's lives. That, that mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's that's licensed to just sort of try crazy things all the time or anything. I'm just saying uh, there certainly is that safety net of the sovereignty and grace of God mm. that, that in, enables a sort of a have-a-go culture or try-something culture. Um, but I also think um, <clears throat> that, that awareness of self and how you go with failure. I mean, many of us are very risk-averse and mm. almost uh, the hardest things to face about ourselves are our failures. And so I think mm. there's more in play than something's gone wrong. I need to try something to, to, to sort of knock it out of its sort of rut or do something different. Um, mm. Again, that awareness of, uh, first of all, how have I reacted to what's been difficult and why have I reacted? And is there mm. something in me that's made this, um, not caused it, but just I, I'm, I'm not completely independent of it. And then also mm. that awareness of um, what what's, what slows me down from trying. I, I say this as a risk avoider mm. from way back. This is <laughs> this is from long experience, um, but uh, also somebody who's um, you know led ministries and uh, have trained people in ministry mm. for for decades. The the important aspect of training of um, Giving people freedom as well as responsibility, and then mm. and then backing them to learn if it doesn't go so mm. well, you know, just um, mm. permission to for that to be part of the process of mm. learning and growing. Yeah, because I think I think we really need to hold the framework, the Kinevan framework, as Christians with the sovereignty of God, because the the framework kind of mm. makes it sound like in a complex environment. You don't know, and this is true, you don't know the outcome, you can't fully predict it, or it could be one of many things. Um, and so you kind of get this image of us just like blindly kind of walking through or just like mashing buttons on a keyboard, kind of hoping for the best. But remembering that under the sovereignty of God, he mm. knows, like these are, these are communities that he loves dearly. These are communities mm. that um, he is working in, that he cares about. Um, and so while it is complex, it's also not out of the realm of his mm-hmm. control. Um, and I think as I was listening back to our episode where we talked about it, um, I think we, we, we briefly mention it, but it is like, it's not, but it's a point that's so worth dwelling on the fact that like mm. Chiz, I think Chiz says that nothing is complicated for, uh, nothing is complex for our God. Um, mm. And I think maybe just one, I guess something I've learned in ministry like I'll have to remind you know those things you just got to remind yourself of like daily weekly is that like (laughs) Brit this is the outcome of this is not dependent on your performance um like God Mm. will do what God will do he will save whom he will save and yes I'll be a faithful servant um but remembering this is not about your strength your eloquence your competence your um and I think you like kind of what one of you said it before like we should take maybe shoulder too much responsibility like what God's mm. doing in the members of our gospel communities is the work of the Holy Spirit. The outcomes mm. of how our GCs go are not out of the realm of God's control and, um, and how much they, uh, people in our GCs grow and learn and, and, and change. change. Mm. 
is not in direct correlation to our performance or effort as leaders. So, um, yeah, that's maybe just helpful to remember in all of this. Like, it's complex, but God, God's got it. That's right. Just the, the fact that we, right. we and others grow through uncomfortable things in God's economy, that, that he's, <laughs> one of the things he does use to actually change us and grow us is uh, difficulty. I'm not saying we go looking for it or engineer it uh, for that, but uh, there's no doubt <laughs> um, mm. his power through our weakness is kind of a, a lesson learnt in thousands of different ways uh, in our lives as well as uh, in our communities, I think. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah very true very true i i'd like to end this episode a little bit differently just as you were both talking i like kind of fast forwarded in my head (laughs) like this this episode is going to come out relatively close to when victoria changes its restrictions again Mm. and our our small group leaders our church leaders other church leaders are going into a season of rapid change and high expectation from perhaps church members of we're allowed to do this so why aren't we um and then balancing all of that and i would just really love to pray (laughs) um just recognizing that we we serve a sovereign God who knows exactly what's going to happen mm. in the next six weeks. Um, and so if that's okay with you guys, I might just pray and then we'll wrap it. Is that okay? Yes. If you're driving listening to this, please don't shut your eyes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Basically, if you're not at home, keep your eyes forward. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, cool. God, thank you uh, that you are sovereign over all. Lord, there is not one situation or decision uh, that we or any of the small group leaders at any of the churches in Melbourne are going to be making that is too complex for you. Lord, in fact, you already know what is best next. So, Father, as um, so many church leaders across our state are... trying to figure out how to do whatever this next season looks like. Father, I pray that you would give us great wisdom. I pray that you would give us great patience with one another. Um, I pray that you would give us creativity, um, that we would not see loopholes as a way to be sneaky, uh, but see them as a clear line in the sand of the way for us to serve our cities well. Lord, may we be a light in this season Um, we give you Christmas, we give you small group breakups, Lord, we give you Sunday services, um, all of the things knowing that we long to gather in person. But Father, we know that your gospel is not limited to us gathering in person, and yet it has been going out so consistently and so loudly this year. So Lord, we, yeah, I just want to give you this time. I want to give you all this complexity that gives us headaches and stresses us out Lord and may you just give us a peace um, and a knowledge of understanding that you've got this um, and you love us you love your children you love your church and um, you haven't forgotten about us in this season 
so to yeah may we just trust you more and more each day and it's in your son's precious name amen 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 thanks team this has been help- this has been very helpful for me and <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking things through but we'll see you next week we will see ya Keep trusting Jesus. Wash your hands. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.